The prayer was a very nice lead-in to the lesson. Many things that we struggle with. One of the things that when we come together and as you open up your uh, bulletin and you see that far right page in the opening side, our Barnabas list, though people that we want to be encouragers to, the people who have needs and have difficulties, um, illnesses, just struggles, 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 we're reminded that this life can be pretty tough. But there is one who offers to us the idea of rest. There is one who offers to us some relief. There is one who offers to us help and comfort in our time of need. And let us not miss out on him. Let us not miss out on Jesus. And that is the encouragement of the entire letter of Hebrews, I think. Is Jesus has spoken. Don't miss out. Listen to him. And if you listen to him, you will have rest. As I was preparing for this lesson, I was uh, uh, reading like a devotional thought that, was, that had been created to encourage people and make them think about rest. And... Um, some of you, uh, well, let me ask you this. How many, how many of you, when it comes nighttime and it's time to, uh, uh, to, to succumb to sleep and you're ready for bed, you, are, you aren't just ready for bed, you are ready for bed. The pillow is inviting and it's calling to you and you just want to go get, and get that rest because you have been through a day, you have been through a week, you have been through whatever, but you are longing for to lay down that head on that pillow and get rest. How many of you are like that? How many of you are like that? Um, anybody want to raise two hands? You're always ready for rest. Now, let me ask this. How many of you long for that, but there are times that you even struggle to be able to get that rest that you so desire? Anybody struggle with sleep? It's hard to sleep. Isn't that something? There are so many people that I talk to that have this struggle with sleep, and it is, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I know I don't sleep as good as I used to when I was young, and I don't like that, but I can't imagine night after night uh, to go through this struggle with sleep. But you folks who do that, you know what it is like to long for rest. Now, let me ask the contrary, and I'm disappointed that there's one here that I think would probably answer uh, maybe different from the, the rest of us. How many of you just, when it comes time for bed, you just fight, you don't want to go to bed and you'll fight it. You only, somebody says it's time to, for bed and you just don't want to go. No, that's not me for sure. Um, but if it's been a while since you were a kid, or if it's been a while since you've had children or raising them up or been around kids, they, uh, they don't always want to go to bed, and they fight going to sleep. It's the funniest thing, isn't it? We as parents, we're like, we're telling you to go lay down and put your head down, and you get to sleep until morning, and then you're going to wake up to another new day. And they don't want to go because they don't, they don't want to stop living. They don't want to miss a moment of any day. They, want to, they don't want to miss fun. They don't want to miss 
just being awake and being alive and being well and playing. Here comes the little one I was thinking about. Um, We're like that when we're little, but then as we get older, we start to realize that idea of rest is so precious and so needed, and we long for rest. And now as we think spiritually, there's kind of this there's kind of this paradox because Jesus comes to give us life and life to the full and we should, we should be wanting to be like a child and we don't want to go to sleep. We just want to keep living. We love life. We love life to the full. But yet we also know life is filled with struggles and difficulties and pain and heartaches. And sometimes we just long for rest. And there is one who can give us both of those things. A wonderful full, adventurous life, and also provide for us rest. We can have them both, and it's found in Jesus. The lesson begins actually in Hebrews chapter 3. In verse number 11 is where this, I, the, the word rest is first mentioned. I believe it's the first mention of rest in Hebrews. And starting in verse number 7, it kind of gives us a little bit of a picture of the Israelites when they came out of the, out of slavery and, and God, they brought, God brought them and taught them his, his law and gave them his commandments and his teaching. He gave them the words of life at Mount Sinai, and they were about there about a year, and then they travel on to the promised land, and they're at the border of the promised land, and God says, here it is, I'm going to give you this land, the promised land. And they said, no, we can't do it. And they lost out on that promised land, and they wandered around. God sent them out back into the desert, and they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years until that generation died. And a new generation come along and was willing, had the faith to receive what God had promised them. That is what much of the end of chapter 3 is about. And I just, um, as you think about chapter 3, verses 7 through 19, if you were to read it, I think it would be a fair summary to say that After being freed from Egyptian slavery, the Israelites had an opportunity to enter into God's rest. But then we enter into chapter 4, verses 1 through 2, and it reads, Therefore, let us fear if, while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, Just as they also, the they also is the people who were brought out of Egypt. God says, hey, the good news is you can enter the promised land. I'm going to give it to you. But they didn't enter it. So listen to verse 2 again. It says, for indeed, we who have had good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. So they heard a promise of God, but they didn't have faith in the promise of God. Why did they come short of God's rest? Why did they not enter? Verse number one mentions them coming short. 
And it says, they heard, but they had no faith. Isn't that something? God spoke to them and said, I'm going to give you this land. And they said, um, even though they had been delivered, the way they had been delivered from Egypt, even though they had received water from a rock, even though they had walked through um, the Red Sea on dry ground with the waters pushed up on the sides, even though, even though, even though, all the things God had done for them, and they get to the promised land, they're at the border, and they say, oh, no, we can't do it. We can't do it. They have no faith, no faith in God. God said, I'm going to give it to you. You don't have to do anything. Uh, I'm going to give it to you. You just go in and obey me. Do what I tell you to do, and I will give you this land. They didn't have any faith. So, let us keep reading now verse number 3. For we who have believed enter that rest. And he continues on there, just as he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. If you just believe, God's already got this thing done. His works were, were finished from the foundation of the world. Rest is there. He is, he is giving out the rest that he has prepared for us. And all we have to do is just believe. We who have believed enter that rest. Now, what is the context of this book? Believe who? Believe what? We who believe entered, have entered that rest. Matthew chapter 11. Let us go back and consider the words of Jesus. Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. Very familiar words to us. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus has something to teach us. Jesus is calling us to believe in him and follow him. To be yoked together with him. And when we do that, when we believe him and when we follow him, when we have faith in him, his promise that he gives is you will find rest. Rest unto your soul. Do you long for rest? Do you need rest? Do you long for the one who can take your burden and share it with you and help you with it? Do you long for the one who can take your cares and your troubles, the things that we worry about, the things that, that, that wear us down, the things that just 
when we do lay down on our pillows at night, they're the things that keep us, keep the wheels turning in our head and they won't stop. And Jesus is saying, give those things to me. I can give you rest. I can make sense of the world for you. Just have faith in me. I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus says, I'll give you rest. Now notice uh, the promise that Jesus has given is that we can receive, when we receive his teaching, it becomes like a yoke upon us, and when we are doing things his way, uh, it makes, it's, it's, still, it, it's still a burden, but it's a light burden. And we bear that. And when we come, and when we have believed in him, we come into life with, uh, with this burden that is a light burden that makes, that helps us through life, that makes sense of all the things that trouble us. And it helps us through those troubles. And I'll be honest, I think the way I just said that probably isn't right, to be fair. We don't necessarily, not all the things that trouble us do they make sense, but in Christ, he gives us hope beyond those things that we might struggle with. He gives meaning and purpose to us. He gives us life. And remember he said, I promise that, that I've come to give life, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Life is what he seeks to give us. Not a burden, not more to weigh us down. He frees us from the slavery to sin. He frees us from so many things. So as we read Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 3, it's very meaningful to us, to us who have believed. And as the, as the author of Hebrews writes, it, we're, we're mindful of the fact of what we established last week, Chapter 3, verse 1 says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. These are people who have confessed Jesus, who who have come to Jesus and they said, We want to be partners with Jesus. We want to take his yoke upon us. We want to follow him. And so, for those Verse 3, chapter 4, verse 3. For we who have believed, we who have confessed the name of Jesus, we who have faith in him, we enter that rest. We enter that rest. And for all those of us who are Christians who rely upon Christ Jesus in our lives, and even though we might struggle at times to really trust Jesus fully like we should, to have faith in him, it's a struggle. But yet we look at the world and we say, how do people even survive without Christ? How do they get through this? If it weren't for Jesus, I know I still struggle with things, but if it weren't for Jesus, man, I'd be lost. I'd be without hope. I don't know how they do it. But it's true for us. We who have believed enter that rest. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What a wonderful thought. 
What a wonderful thought to be able to lay down our head at night and to be able to close our eyes and go to sleep, rest assured that, that we are in Christ and that he is our comfort and our strength and he is there for us and should, should the world end, should my life end, I am good, I am in his hand. And I want to pause just for a second. I'll add one verse to the lesson. There's a really, I would encourage you, this whole idea of rest. If you want to be challenged, go to chapter 3 and 4 and really search out this idea of rest. Uh, because there's, I just simplify this so much. It's a really simple lesson for you today. But there's so much more to it. It, it is. It's, it, Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4 are fun to study. And there's a connection I want to make. Here back in Psalm 95, um, Psalm 95, if you look in verse 7, the latter part of that verse says, today, if you would hear his voice. That is what connects you to Hebrews chapter 3 in verse number 7. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice. And the book of Hebrews is all about hearing Jesus. The Son came and he has spoken. God has spoken to us through his Son. So if you hear his voice, there's a big connection here. And that's why he, the author of Hebrews quotes the, from the end of Psalms chapter, Psalm chapter 95, beginning at the end of verse 7. But I want to read verses 6 and 7. This part, I want, to, I want you to think about the part that is not quoted in Hebrews chapter 3. Verse number 6. Come... Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. Now listen, excuse me, listen to this part. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And I just love that image and that picture. And it makes it makes me flash to Psalm 23 for one thing, you know, and, and and the point is, is that. That we're the sheep, we're the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. If you want rest, if you're a, a dumb sheep that has all these problems and struggles and you don't know what to do in life because we're dumb sheep, consider God and let him be your shepherd. Because we're the sheep of his hand. He cares for us. He protects us. He is the one who keeps us. He's our God. And he loves us as the good shepherd. So here we are, as God's people, resting in the care of his hand, putting our full faith in him, knowing we can't survive without him, knowing we can't even exist without him. That's how bad sheep are. They'll get eaten up, gobbled up, fall off the cliff, whatever. You know, they, no defenses, no good eyesight. They'll drown easily. There, there is nothing they can do for themselves very easily except... You point them to the grass and they'll eat it. That's what they do. They need a shepherd to get them to the grass and protect them, keep them together. And we are the sheep of his hand. That's rest. That's rest. Knowing, man, we, we rely upon him for our life, our breath, our existence, for our happiness, our joy. We rely upon Jesus and we just rest in the care of his hand. So, Verse chapter 4 of Hebrews again, 
Verse number three. For we who have believed enter that rest. All right, so if you've entered that rest and you realize you're a sheep in the palm of God's hand and you're at rest in him, is there anything else you need? Is there anything else you seek? Do you want happiness in things? Do you think the struggle to get to the top is going to be worth it? Do you think there's, there's any, any hobby that's just going to fill your life with joy and, and at the end of your life you're going to be like, I'm glad I did that my whole life. Nothing else mattered. For we who have believed enter that rest. Jesus is the one indeed who gives us rest. And that rest still remains. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 6 through 10 as we progress to the end here. Picking up now, and I skip a couple of things here, establishing that, that there is the, the rest that God intends for us. But verse 6, therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, talking about the rest, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience. By that way, that word of disobedience is not listening. They didn't listen. Verse 7, he again fixes a certain day. Today, saying through David after so long a time, just as he has, as he, as has been said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had been, by the way, Joshua, Jesus' name is, is Joshua, Yeshua, right? So there's a connection between Joshua and Jesus right here. If Joshua, and this is a reference to the old Joshua in the old time when they were brought, actually were brought into the promised land. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Folks, there's still a Sabbath rest. For the, for the Jews who were hearing this message at that time, if they hadn't entered into the rest of God, the, the call was to them, there's a, there is a rest available for you. It's in Jesus. Listen. Obey him. Have faith in him. And now verse number 11. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest. Think about that for a second. Isn't this a funny phrase? Make every effort, the scripture reading was read, make every effort to enter that rest. So it's kind of like you've got to put a little effort. You've got to work hard to get rest. And for, the, for these, these Israelites who were hearing this message, these Israelites who had confessed their faith in Jesus, I think we're going to see as we go through the book of Hebrews, they were still trying to hold on to the old law. And they weren't entering into the rest of Jesus. They were still trying to do the works of the law to earn their salvation, to be right with God. And they were trusting in those things, trusting in sacrifices, trusting in the feast days, trusting, trusting, trusting in things that were, no lo- that were already fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus said, I took care of that stuff for you. And they were still trying to do it on their own. 
And here was Jesus. They had confessed him and they were not entering into him. And he's saying you've got to put a little effort to grab hold of Jesus and let go of some of the things that you're trying to hold on to. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter the rest. Don't just think your heaven is going to be your rest if you're not working and a little diligent to search out the things of Scripture to find truth. We've got we to gotta be diligent. Don't let tell, somebody else tell you what to, breathe, to believe. Believe in what the Word says and search it out. Put some work and some effort into it so that you can hear what God is saying, not what Eric's saying. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. For the word, verse 12, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the hearts and intentions, the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So God has spoken to us through his son. And his words, they are living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. You better get in here and dig in and study these words. Know them. Salvation is found herein. If you can find Jesus and know him and follow him, have faith in him. Jesus gives us rest. Make a little effort to gain rest. In conclusion, I hope you'll be diligent to enter into that rest. You can't be lazy with your salvation. You have to be diligent. It's up to you. Today is the day of salvation. Today, rest is offered to you in Christ Jesus. Don't be lazy with that fact. Enter into that rest and be filled with faith because you know that the Word of God teaches you about Jesus and you're going to hold on to Him and you're going to hold fast to that confession of faith in Christ. The conclusion is really simple. As Jesus has spoken, so have faith in Him and be diligent to enter into His rest. And we enter the wonderful thing about this idea of rest is that we enter into his rest here now in this life, but there also is that second, that second layer of rest, that second, what's the better way to say it? We look forward to heaven. Ultimate rest. Ultimate rest is in Jesus Christ and being with him forever. Don't fail to enter into that rest. So as... As we gather, have gathered here today, and we're talking about Jesus and thinking about Jesus, uh, coming up next in our service is remembering Jesus in communion. And so as we think about him, we think of what he has done for us. We think back to uh, the cross. He spent six hours on a cross before he died. And when he was up there and some... What he did for us is he died to save us. He experienced an eternity of punishment 
an eternal punishment for my sins and for your sins, for the sins of the whole world. He experienced the punishment for those sins. He took a great payment that we can't imagine the cost. And he did that for us. He is the one who did. He did the work. And he said when he, before he died, he said, it is finished. It's done. I've done the work. He served as the sacrifice. And now he invites us to say, hey, I've done the work. Come join me. Come join me. Now, you got to walk with me. you got to be diligent in walking with me. you got to be diligent in, in understanding me and following me and doing and having faith and acting according to that faith. We're not lazy in our walk here in this life. It's a very active walk, but it is rest. Rest from the guilt of our sins and rest from the, the, the sorrow that... that is a worldly sorrow that that just takes us down and down and down. Jesus offers rest. So when we partake of this Lord's Supper, please be very thoughtful for what Jesus has done. And he invites you to come and participate with life in him. So if there's anybody that hasn't been baptized into Christ Jesus and that you've made the good confession... Before you are immersed into him, I I encourage you to seek us out today and let us know and, and follow him. Enter into rest and live at rest in Christ all this week and all your life. Now we will uh, begin our turn our thoughts towards the, the Lord's Supper.